Well, hey everybody, my name is Jordan, and we are glad that you're joining us for our online sermon today. Go ahead and get your Bibles out because we're going to be following the pastor with a message from Second Chronicles um, with a message on how God wants to help. God is always there for us, and He's always wanting to help us, but He's really looking for those people that are in the right place to receive His strong support. So let's open our minds and open our hearts and get ready for what Pastor Hogg has prepared for us today. Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity for us to come together and hear your word. And we ask that you would soften our hearts and open up our minds to what you have for us today. And uh, we ask that you would let us hear what you want us to hear. And that you would be that you would use Pastor Hogg as a conduit for your word and your message this morning. And that you would challenge us and encourage us with your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. Several weeks ago, I was out of town, and my wife, Monisa, stopped at Aldi to pick up some groceries, and when she got back in the van, it wouldn't start. So she told me she prayed for God to help her, and about that time, someone pulled up in a pickup truck, and an elderly African-American man got out, and she asked him if he would help, and he agreed to. He used her set of uh, jumper cables, if you will, to try to help her jump started. And there was a spark, but it still wouldn't start. So he told her the it was probably the starter. And that's what it ended up being. So uh, while they were talking, he mentioned to her that if people would just talk and communicate with one another, everybody would help each other. And, and uh, so she went ahead and called a tow truck while he went into Aldi. And when he came back out, she was still there waiting. And he asked her if everything was okay. And she assured him it was. And he left. And meanwhile, she had called a member of our church who lives near us to come. And she picked her up and brought Monisa home after the tow truck told the van to a local place to be to be repaired and and uh, you know two two different people one a church member and one a total stranger helped her on that occasion when I was out of town and I thought about that when I was reading these passages in second chronicles and God wanting to help us because just like we help each other we help others God wants to help us God wants to help you. But it's very important that we put ourselves in a place, in a position so that God can help us. That's what I want us to think about and learn about uh, this morning. So I invite you to open your Bible with me to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 16. We're going to look at the story of a, a good king a godly king, not perfect. He made some mistakes, but he was a good king and he was a godly king. His name is Asa. He was king of the southern country of Judah. He was the grandson or the, the great grandson rather of King Solomon. He was king for 41 years and did a good job, not perfect, but a good job. Near the uh, latter stages of his life, however, he made a decision that dis pleased God, and, and God sent a prophet named Hanani to him to, to talk to him about the mistake he had made. And, and it, it's in that message when Hanani is talking to Asa that we learn something about God and his desire to help us. So I want us to look at what he said and then look at Asa's story and learn from it. So in Second Chronicles chapter 16, and I hope you have your Bible and have it open, and now follow him with me. In verse 9, part of what Hanani the seer, the prophet, says in verse 9 is this, For the eyes of the Lord 
the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth. Why? That he may strongly support, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. God's eyes are moving to and fro in this world so that he can strongly support, strongly help those whose heart is completely his. And and when I was reading this devotionally as part of our Bible reading plan, verse 9 just jumped off the page at me that this, this picture of God looking all over the earth for people whose hearts are loyal to him so that he can strongly support them, not just a little bit, but with passion, strongly support and help them. God is looking for people to help. Listen to that again. God is looking for people to help. And when he says strongly support, the NIV translates that as strengthen those whose hearts are loyal or fully devoted to him. The he the Hebrew word is the idea of, to, of, of strengthening something, of becoming strong, of, of being courageous, of growing firm and encouraging. What, what he's saying is that God is looking for people that he can, he can help, that, that, that he can make them strong, that he can encourage them, that he can, that he can make them courageous. And he does that for people whose hearts are loyal to him. And so the specific, now listen, God's looking to help people. And he wants to help make them strong and, and help them in a great way. But specifically, God is looking for people who are devoted to him, who are fully devoted to him so that he can help them and make them strong. He said, whose heart is completely his. It means complete or whole. In other words, God is going to show extra favor on those who do not have a divided heart, whose heart, whose life is fully committed to him. And God says, I'm looking for people like that because I want to bless them. I want to help them. I want to strengthen them. I want to encourage them. I want to make them strong and courageous. Now, does that mean God never helps people who are not loyal to him? God never helps anyone who has a divided heart. God never helps anybody who is, you know, uh, only a, a little bit committed. No, it doesn't mean that because sometimes God in his love and mercy helps people who are not fully devoted, who are not really loyal. God helps people all the time. But what it does mean is that God only promises, God only promises to help those who are loyal to him, whose heart is completely his. Now, think about it for a moment. All of us have helped people. All of us will help people, right? We see people and and we help them from time to time. But let's be honest. There are also occasions when we don't help somebody. But when it's one of our children, what do we do? We will move heaven and earth. We will go out of our way to help our children and our grandchildren. We help people, but we don't help all the time. But when it comes to our family, 
we will go out of our way to help them. And God says, yes, I help people all the time. But those whose hearts are fully devoted to me, who are loyal to me, God says, I am looking for people like that because I want to help them. I want to, to, to fill them with strength and fill them with courage for everything that comes their way in life. Now, Asa. King Asa, to whom God through the prophet Hanani spoke the words of verse 9. King Asa, who ruled for all of those years, most of his life, his heart was fully devoted to God. And time and time again, God helped him. But there were two occasions in the latter years of his life when he was not fully devoted to God, and therefore he did not receive the help. Of God. You and I can learn from his experience. I want us to examine it. His story starts over in chapter 14, if you will, of the book of 2 Chronicles, when he first becomes king. Look with me in verses 2 through 4. The Bible says, Asa did good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. Verse 3. For he removed the foreign altars and high places and tore down the sacred pillars and cut down the asherim and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and commandments. His predecessors had been evil kings, not devoted to God and had encouraged and promoted the worship of pagan gods and idols. And Asa comes along and he's devoted to God and he's a good king, a godly king, and he gets rid of as much of that in the country as he can. And he encourages people as the leader, as the king, he encourages the citizens to seek God and to obey the word of God. And so here's the thing, his his heart that's devoted to God, we see it and that as the leader he introduced these religious reforms, getting rid of the idols and the high places and the Asheroth and all of this other stuff and encouraging people to seek God. He, he, he changed the trajectory of the country, if you will, because previous leaders, as I said, had promoted false religion and worshiping idols. And so here comes Asa with his heart devoted to God, and he changes things, introduces this, this, uh, this religious reform, and God helped him. And God blessed him with a decade of peace without any other army, any other nation attacking Israel or Judah in this case. And, and chapter 14 at the end of verse 5, and the kingdom was undisturbed under him. At the end of verse 1, when it introduces his becoming king, says the lamb was undisturbed for 10 years during his days. So because his heart was devoted to God, and he instituted these religious reforms, God helped him and blessed him with 10 years of peace. Now here's a second lesson. When war did finally come to Judah after that decade, he was still devoted to God 
and he very publicly turned to the Lord for help. In 2 Chronicles chapter 14 again, at verse 9, there's this army from Africa, from Ethiopia and Egypt and maybe some, some Arab nations. This, this, this collection, this very massive army was preparing and marching toward Judah to attack. And how did Asa respond? In verse 11 of chapter 14, Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord, our God, for we trust in you. And in your name have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Now here's one thing I want you to notice. He turned to God. He cried out to God for help in the midst of this crisis. But he'd been walking with God for a decade. It wasn't, here's this crisis, and all of a sudden he cries out to God to fix it. When he became king, he implemented these religious reforms, and God helped him and blessed him with a decade of peace. And so for 10 years, he had been living as a man, as a king, whose heart was fully devoted to God. And when the crisis came, it was just natural for him to continue crying out to God. And God intervened and helped and gave them a great victory. And after that victory to encourage Asa to keep going forward in his faith, God sent a prophet to Asa. And chapter 15, the very next chapter in 2 Chronicles, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says now, so after this war, God, the Spirit of God, in verse 1 of chapter 15, the Spirit of God came on Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Listen to me, Asa. And all Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes of the southern kingdom, the Lord is with you when you are with him. The Lord is with you when you are with him. And if you seek him, if you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And the prophet continued speaking to him in verse 7, said to the king, But you be strong and do not lose heart. Do not lose courage, for there is reward for your work. Asa, you've been doing so well. Keep it up, because God has more help and more blessing and more strength and more rewards that he wants to give you. And Asa responded by By pushing forward the religious reforms he had started a decade earlier, even further. The idols that maybe had crept back into some places over the previous 10 years. He brought about a renewal, a revival, if you will, and he got rid of those. He repaired the altar in front of the temple there in Jerusalem and and, and called the nation together. There was this large assembly of the citizens of Judah and they had a special time of worship, a special time of commitment to the Lord. They renewed their national commitment to Yahweh, to the God of Israel. And, And this revival, this spiritual awakening that was taking place even attracted some of the Jews who had been living in the northern kingdom of Israel, and they moved south to Judah. And he did one more thing. 
because his heart was fully devoted to God and he wanted the help of God. He did one more thing and it was a hard thing to do. In chapter 15, drop down to verse 16. During this second period of religious reform in verse 16, he also removed Micah, the mother of King Asa, from the position of queen mother. Now listen. We understand queen mother. We think about England and the queen mother who died a few years ago. Asa's grandmother, if you will, his grand, because, because your mother, your grandmother, your great grandmother were all called mother. So this is technically his grandmother who was acting as the queen mother. Think of this elderly woman being the queen mother, a, a position of, of privilege. He removed his own grandmother from that, from that privileged position. Why? Look at verse 16. Because she had made a horrid image as an Asherah, a, a, a tall carving, if you will, worshiping a pagan god. And Asa cut down her horrid image, crushed it, and burned it at the brook of Kidron. You see, his predecessors, remember, had... Uh, had been worshiping idols, Asa was determined to rid the country of these false religions and, and these idols, and he was willing to do it. His heart was so loyal to God that if he had to remove his own grandmother from being the queen mother of the country, he did it. Now, all of those stories are to illustrate that his heart was loyal to God. And when the prophet Hanani said God's eyes moved to and fro over the earth looking so he can strongly support and strongly help those whose hearts are completely his, that's Asa. That's Asa. And God helped him. Gave him military victory. God helped him. Brought about religious renewal in the country. God helped him a lot. This man, this king lived and served for, served his king for 41 years. And his story is told in these three chapters of Second Chronicles, chapters 14, 15, and 16. And most of his life, his heart was fully devoted to the Lord. But last Sunday here at First Baptist, one of the points I made from Scripture is that if you and I are not intentionally seeking God, if we are not intentional about making sure that our hearts are devoted to God and we're not intentional about seeking God, when we stop doing that, we become more inclined, more susceptible to straying from God, to being unfaithful to God. And in the last year of his life, King Asa unfortunately made the mistake of not seeking God. Now, Asa never turned his back on God. You'll remember his great-grandfather, King Solomon, in his last year started worshiping idols. Built places where pagan religions could be worshipped. That's being unfaithful. That's turning his back on God. Solomon did that. Asa did not do that. But he did stop seeking God. And just like turning your back on God will cost you, not seeking God will also cost you. 
And there are two examples in the remainder of Asa's story in the Bible. In chapter 16, we, we read about Beja, the, the king of the northern country of Israel or Samaria, gathered his army and was making preparation to attack the southern kingdom of Judah where Asa was king. And when Asa got word of this, he sent money, if you will, and representatives over to Damascus, to the capital of Aram, to its king Ben-Hadadad, and asked for an alliance. And so Asa formed a military and political alliance with Damascus, with Aram, which caused the northern kingdom to be afraid to attack. And so he prevented war in doing that. The problem, the problem was that Asa never consulted God. He did not seek God. And so that is 